you always find yourself at a certain point where you are like standing on the edge of a cliff. And my advice is you have to take a big breath and jump. I mean, I do a lot of stuff which is scary. I mean, moving here from Europe has been scary, especially with the kind of start that you heard of. But in, in retrospect, it was the best decision I made. So I think my advice would be, it's normal to have fears, like when you get punched in your face, but then it's also normal to get up again and keep moving. Welcome to 99 Humans. My name is Jeff LaCosta, curious coach and Wall Street Journal bestselling author, striving to understand how little things generate big impact. And I'm Nadia Carta, tech executive and lifestyle coach with a mission to transform lives and corporations by kindling hearts to generate a zeal for life. Each week, we investigate stories about the human side of leadership to re-energize your spirit and help you become a stronger leader. Because the reality is that leadership is messy, goofy, challenging, but always human. Thanks for spending time with us today. Let's dive in. I like to start with a quote that is very appropriate for this story, which is a quote from Mike Tyson, who says, everybody has a plan until they get punched in their face. And <laughs> that was exactly, that's the summary of my story. And my story is about my first day in the office here in the US, so four years ago, almost. And it turned out to be a very hard transition because in my very first day, I came here to the office I was together with our group CEO, so we flew in from Italy and we were supposed to meet my predecessor, that was the CEO of the company and the employees. So we showed up and there was nobody here because my predecessor just left. He decided to ghost us and my boss and I were supposed to be here for one week to have a smooth transition, handing over all the information, bank accounts, and there was nobody here. So we said, okay, what do we do now? And then we said, okay, let's try to wrap and bring together at least the employees. So we called, we brought everybody in the meeting room and I started asking questions. Okay, who is in charge for finance? Who has the password of the server? <laughs> Basic stuff, who has the keys to open and close? And they told me, your predecessor was doing everything. So we have no idea how to operate the banks, so I said, okay, what do we do now? And then I said, okay, look, after, of course, five minutes of shock, we said, okay, we have a great opportunity to really transform this organization because I realized in one second that the way my predecessor had organized the company was completely the opposite in the way I wanted to run the company, which was empowering people and making people responsible. So I said, look, we have a great opportunity and I want you to go out and start making mistakes. And people were so scared because their previous life until that day was, they were just executors. So there was one guy on top just giving orders and they just had to execute. And my approach was completely different. Say, I want you to become responsible and I want you to make mistakes. And they were, of course, super scared. What we had to do in a very short time was a mix of coaching, empowering them, and also defining roles and responsibilities. 
and as I said, in a very short time frame and with people that were not ready to do that. <laughs> so it was, let's say, a, a very crash course on, on leadership and coaching because I was trying to understand what everybody's role was. And I really realized that it was just a bottleneck where the previous CEO was deciding everything and the other were just executing. As I'm a, a big movie fan of action movies, and I said, you know what, we have to take inspiration. I don't know when you see always at a certain point in the police movies or action movies, there is always this SWAT team walking in. And to me, I always admire the way they work together as a team because, first of all, they are perfectly synchronized. Everybody has their own, say, area of action, but they are also covering each other. And it's okay, we have to organize ourselves in this way. So everybody has to have clear responsibility, but you also have not working silos. You have to be able to cover your colleagues because we are a small organization and I want you to become flexible. So what I did, I started experimenting with people. To give an example, the guy that was in charge for the warehouse started learning about purchasing. And for me, that was very useful because he was touching all the components every day. So he knew very well what he needed to order. So we trained him on purchasing. Same thing, we transitioned back office customer service into sales. So we said, okay, now you don't just stay in the office, you can go out and meet clients. And it was a first for everybody because the two ladies that I have in customer service, they were just sitting there and answering the phone and they never really met a customer in person. So we said, okay, we go out together and we meet customer. And we also gave them a chance to learn basic product troubleshooting because before, whenever there was a problem, the answer was we have to call our parent company in Italy and wait one day for the answer because of time. Then with us, we took the person in charge for sales and we gave them engineering training. So what happened is that everybody developed, say their main skills, but also some bordering skills. And I think the great result is that in terms of speed, we went from, let's say, serial processing where everybody was in charge for something to parallel processing where multiple people could work together. And this has been extremely helpful, first of all, in a normal year, because this was 2019. And then when COVID kicked in, we decided to bring everybody home and work remote, I had already the perfect structure because everybody was trained, they knew what to do. So for me, long and short of this story is starting from a big incident or accident, we really modified the nature of the company. And now we are flexible. I mean, right now I'm in the office and there is just me and the warehouse guy. Everybody else is working from home. Still, I think we are giving an even better service than we were doing four years ago. And I think what's also has changed is that people, they really feel responsible and they feel empowered. Before my predecessor had made himself unreplaceable because he was doing everything, he was doing everything. Now let's say I can take two weeks vacation, which I never done, but I, potentially I could. <laughs> and I know that the organization would survive. And I think that's my main accomplishment. I think my mission as a leader is to make my teammates grow and really push them to the limit of what they can do. I had a team that was never really pushed. They were doing their everyday job 
they were never taking a decision. And my very first day, I told them, I really want you to make mistakes. Do something new. I mean, challenge yourself. Why don't you try something different? And this has been a pivotal moment for organization. And even in difficult years, there was a lot of new ideas coming. The situation before was nobody was able to express their ideas or maybe they wanted to change something. They were not even trying to ask. Now I really feel there is a climate where everybody is contributing with new ideas. They are not afraid of challenging the status quo. So somebody once in a while comes to me and say, hey, I told them, look, don't tell me, don't be afraid of challenging even myself. So if you feel that we are doing something not stupid, but maybe it could be done differently. Let's try it. Let's do some experiment. And so I think starting from a very hard start, we came to a situation where now we are experimenting new ideas and we had to be very creative, especially in the last two years, because we went from a situation where we were meeting clients in person to a situation where we couldn't meet anybody. And I went from traveling every week to zero traveling in two years. So we had to be creative in the way we were we were remaining relevant for our customer and this would have not been possible without prior empowering people and make them feel welcome to share ideas and even changing the ways they were working so i think now that you see the whole story it's all consequential it was much more tangled up <laughs> in the development i do have a question because yeah. if, if i hear it like that Filippo, it really feels like the perfect page of a business administration book and i'm like i'm sure there are some things that happened that were not nice in, no there were many the things that happened that wasn't uh, and so i would be interested to get a glimpse of the under the hood processes and experiences that you had to face and mostly um especially for jeff because i know you but i think your life has been mm -hmm. totally incredible how did you get to this point i mean your life is pretty fascinating i think one common trait of my experiences well first of all for jeff you don't know me I work in different industries. So I work in automotive, in aerospace, home appliances, I've been selling lawn movers. Now, let's say I'm more in the design segment. And a renaissance man. <laughs> no, it's very interesting because every time I join an industry, everybody was giving me this speech saying, this is a very small industry. Only people from this industry can thrive. So if you're coming from the outside, you will never make it. I say, okay, you know what? And I, I always had a very, very humble approach. So I never come as somebody who has the truth. I'm always open to learn. But of course, this takes also a lot of mistakes. So, I mean, just to give you an example, when we started this process, I wanted everybody to feel free to work with pricing. I mean, with different levels of, so let's say, Customer service could do quotes up to a certain point and they could play with discount up to a certain point. Then the sales manager had, let's say, a broader span. And of course, I was the ultimate decision maker. But then we realized that we didn't have a system in place to make quotes. So like it happens in many industries, the first thing that I heard from my colleagues in Italy, we cannot give you a tool to make quick quotes because we have to make a project every time. And that's a very funny history because I won an innovation award exactly for a process like this. Mm. So many years ago, I was working for a company and we were making tools for metal stamping. 
and the problem was the following you would make maybe 400 quotes per year and the conversion rate was maybe one percent so you were making a ton of quotes and those quotes were very time intensive because for every quote our engineering team would run a small project and then you do this quote and then you never get the order so i said look we have to do something different <laughs> we cannot be that we make quotes we spend time we spend one week of engineering and then we get zero and i asked okay can we do it differently can we do a quote in one day and they say no it's impossible and you know what really challenged me is when somebody tells me this is impossible, then that's for me. And what we did is I used two MBA students that came to my office for their MBAs. So they were coming not from the industry, but with a completely blank slate. And I told them, look, we have to solve this issue. I want to be able to make a quote in one hour instead of one week. And of course, they say, no, it's impossible, we can't do it. And then we decided together, let's take the Lego approach. A tool is a complex machine. Every tool will sell between $100,000 and $1 million. So it's quite a complex machine. But if you break it down to components, it's a bunch of small components. It's like Lego blocks. You have some basic components and then you recombine them and you can create something very complex with that. So what we did is we broke down every quote we had done in the last five years to single components and we quoted the single components and then we built an excel file where component by component you could create the whole tool so long story short we made just in excel very simple something that would make quotes in five minutes with a 95 percent accuracy and we also won an innovation award so i think Again, that's another example where I really like to change things and to do things differently. And I never take it's impossible as an answer. So I love that approach. I think that innovative humbleness that you that is clear in, in talking to you for 15 minutes even obviously is working for you. It's interesting to me that you started this conversation with the quote about getting punched in the face. Yeah. yeah. If we could go back to that yeah. moment where you get ghosted, yeah. you walk into the conference room yeah. or you realize, yeah. oh my gosh, I just did this trip and it's, he's not here. This yeah. is going to be different. What's interesting about like a boxer, I guess, when they get punched in the face is there's an audience who's, who's around them watching them get punched in the yeah. face. But this was happening to you new on the job. Yeah. You and another colleague are realizing this. I'd love to, to understand more. A, what did it feel like to get punched in the face? Yeah. And B, how and what did you share with your team about that punch? And why did yeah. you decide to either maybe keep that punch hidden or go out and say, everyone, I just got punched by your old boss and here's yeah. what's going on. <laughs> so first of all, I'm a very quiet and patient person. So in terms of boxing metaphor, I can take a few punches. <laughs> And I think it was important to show a reaction. And I know whenever there is a transition, people are scared. I think that's a big difference between me and a lot of colleagues and people I met in my life is I'm not afraid of changes. I mean, the reason also 
why I decided to come here and to come overseas with my family and everything is because I'm not afraid of changes. So, but I understand that probably 90% of people is afraid of changes or uncertainty or taking risk. So I wanted to be, first of all, reassuring with my team. Also because whenever there is a leadership transition, all the employees are very scared because they say, okay, will there be a layoff? What's happening from tomorrow? Is the new guy a nice guy? What's coming next? So, But I also wanted to use that shock in a positive way. So I tried to turn what was a big shock and a big disappointment for me because my first internal reaction was, oh shit, what do we do now? I called the bank and the bank told me, we cannot talk to you because you're not the owner of the company. Who are you? And, and I said, okay, I don't want this shockwave to go through the employees because otherwise some people maybe will leave. I said, okay, what can I do to turn this into something positive? So, of course, it was clear also to them that something was going on. And I've been transparent with them, say, of, co- of course, this has been a negative surprise, but here we are as a team. So let's put our heads together. What do we do now? And they were not used of working as a team. So I had to guide them and say, look, what are the priorities? What can we do now? What can we do tomorrow? I think probably my talent is I'm a risk taker. I'm not afraid of taking risk, but I'm also very calm and quiet. So I'm able to instill confidence. So that's what I did. So of course, I didn't want to hide everything. I want to say, okay, everything is fine. So, and that's the same approach I keep having here. So whenever we have an issue, I like to frame the issue, but then to step out of the frame. It could also be because I did a lot of reading on NLP, neuro-linguistic programming. So I know that you have to frame something, then you put yourself out of the frame. And I'm trying to, to teach my team to put things in perspective, especially if you have never been, let's say, now I'm going back to the SWOT example. If you are never in the first line, you don't really know what it means in terms of special. So I had a team that was never really in the front line. And of course, it's a gradual approach. You cannot take somebody and say, okay, now you go and I, I parachute you in the front line. So I gave them a gradual exposure to risk taking. And I think that what is has worked. I mean, with a lot of pitfalls. I'm not saying everything was perfect, so we made a mistake. And whenever we made a mistake, my approach was to be comprehensive and to learn from mistakes. Because I told them, go out and make mistakes. So <laughs> that was my very first input. And I told them, I will not be mad at you because you made a mistake. So that was, I don't know if this answered the question. Absolutely. I think. I'm curious if there was a moment that stands out where you realized it was working. You know, you got uh, this not collaborating. Was, well, the, after this was happening in November, then we did a test in August. So for the first time in the history of the company, we decided not to close. I mean, we are the U.S. branch of an Italian company. So traditionally, Italy is closing three weeks in August. U.S. had to close three weeks in August because nobody from Italy would be responsive. No. So we decided it was a good year for us. Business was going well. So we said, you know what? Let's try not to close the company. So we take turns and we tested our organization because that means uh, there were some moments where some people were on vacation and the other team member had to cover even more responsibilities. And it worked. I mean, with some error, I mean, some... Uh, invoices were done wrong we had to do to put some but you know 
there was no major <laughs> disruption. <laughs> and then I said, you know what, now we can do that. I mean, and it was a big surprise because the positive thing for them was that now they can take personal time off whenever they want because they know that the organization is resilient and trained enough that, and to give you an example, I have one employee that had some big health issues with her mom. And because her mom, she has like some mental issues, a very bad condition. So she told me, look, I need to be with her. I will be working from another state and this will go on. And I don't know for how long. And nothing has happened. I mean, but nothing has happened because <laughs> the whole organization was prepared before. If that had happened four years ago, it would have been a disaster. So for me, that's a proof that the system is working. <laughs> I guess the one question I have yeah. for you, Filippo, is like you said, you're calm. I mean, I assume a lot is also your nature, but what is the self-care routine for you? Like you have yes. a lot of pressure, you have so many responsibilities yeah. and this fast decision-making, like how do you take care of yourself? Yeah. So first of all, I've been doing sport my whole life. And I think sport is really helping me. For example, this morning, I was at the gym between 5.30 and 6.30. I'm lucky because I can get up very early and have no problem. <laughs> so I think to find my balance, I try to exercise once or twice per week. It's more difficult when I'm traveling. So I would like to be more persistent, but you know, I, I travel almost every week. That makes my life. I use meditation also. Meditation is helping me a lot. It's, you can do it even on the plane. You can do it on the beach. You can go for a walk. But I really try to find some time where I am not looking at my phone. There is no screen. Just time where I'm introspecting. That's very helpful. And what else do I do? I'm reading a lot, mainly when I'm traveling. And I try to do every time something different. Even if I think I don't like it, <laughs> you know. What do you read? Are you someone reading self-help books or fantasy novels? Well, I'm right now. I'm reading business books. Uh, I would like to write a book at a certain point of my life. What I do in the meantime, I write poems. Something I do, I like writing poems because to me, it's a way. I like. It's like to say it's like taking a snapshot of my soul in that very moment. And I try to also to do some manual work, like gardening, <laughs> because that really clears my mind. Doing some, for example, last weekend, I was out with a chainsaw cutting some trees. And when you do really some intense manual activity, it really clears your mind, I think, from all the stress. So to answer you, I try to combine mental activity, because most of my job is mental, computer stuff, thinking, strategizing. But I really see that when I need clarity, I have to go for a walk or for a run. Or, I mean, I'm a beach guy. So, I mean, last week I was in LA and I sat down 10 minutes on the beach. My phone was off, just thinking. And that's where you get the intuition. I mean, if I try to get the intuition when I'm at my desk, it will not come. It always comes when I'm doing something else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sensitive of our time because we want to respect your calendar. If you'd maybe give us one last comment, reflecting back on this half hour and thinking about what piece of advice might you have for our audience within the story of getting punched in the face here, starting a new project. 
I think my advice, looking back of what I've been doing the last years and what I will be doing in the next years is you always find yourself at a certain point where you're like standing on the edge of a cliff. And my advice is you have to take a big breath and jump. I mean, I do a lot of stuff which is scary. I mean, moving here from Europe has been scary, especially with the kind of start that you heard of. But in, in retrospect, it was the best decision I made. So I think my advice would be, it's normal to have fears, like when you get punched in your face, but then it's also normal to get up again and keep moving. Thank you so much, Filippo. I knew it would have been a great time with you. You're so inspiring. Well, I, I did. I, I didn't have a script. I, I put some notes just for me to remember. I was trying to. Really to valuable. You. Thank you for sharing. I mean, there's a lot of nuggets in there that are relatable no matter what you're going into. So, yeah. And if you have some question or you need more details while you're writing down, just feel free to reach out again. Thank you. Thank so you. Much. Great well, to meet you. Have a day. Bye. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye. 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 So nice. Everyone yeah, that was great. Brilliant.